This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. For us tonight, Banfield starts now. Welcome to Banfield. Great to have you here with us tonight. I have so much to tell you about. And because we get each other, we get true crime. We get the fandom. We get the podcasts. We get the TV shows. We get the genre. Because of that, I want to start with this. Sometimes when the headline is massive and then a few weeks later it goes away, the people who live in that headline it's not gone. It, it can be worse. And sometimes they get ignored. And tonight I have an example for you of one of the most egregious cases of this kind of phenomenon in the true crime genre. You may have heard about those two models who died less than a mile apart. It was such a strange case, two days apart less than a mile apart in Los Angeles, these two beautiful women found dead. One of them ruled a homicide. The other one, they're not sure yet, but man, was the scene ugly. You may have heard that headline and you may be wondering, well, at some point, hopefully they'll find the killer or killers. But tonight there's another headline and there is a family that wants you to know how bad the killing of their sister was. Broken limbs, battered to pieces, a mortician that cried and had to, quote, put her back together. So it's not just a model who was murdered. It's not just we're on the lookout for whoever did it. There is a beast who did it and may have done it more than once. And that is who we're on the lookout for. You're going to hear from the sister in this exclusive interview tonight what she discovered when she went to go and pay for the services for her sister's funeral, what the mortician told them, and what the mortician could not show them. It is the story behind the true crime headline that fades away. Tonight, it is back in the glaring headline. That's coming in just a moment. Also, unbelievable new details in that breaking story that you saw here last night when the governor of New York took to the airwaves live and told us they caught the guy they believe stole a little nine-year-old girl on Saturday night and stuffed her in a cabinet in his camper van behind his mom's double wide. This is the man that they arrested. And now we have stories about him, what his son has said reportedly about him and what his son wants to happen to him. Not only that, what a neighbor said happened to her grandson just this summer, narrowly escaping being abducted by, she believes, that man. So much to get to in that story as well. I'm going to give you all the details. And then 
For 27 years, we waited to hear what's going to happen with Tupac Shakur's killing. Are we going to solve it? They make an arrest. They have the evidence. They get an indictment. It is a rapper. But what about the evidence? Tonight, for the first time, we are seeing some of the incredible evidence that they have had in a vault for three decades. The evidence they put in front of the grand jury that got them that indictment. Dwayne Keefe D. Davis, who's going to face charges for the murder of a legend, Tupac Shakur. For the first time, we are seeing the photographs of the murder scene up close and personal, where the bullets hit, what happened to the car, what happened inside the car, what the scene was inside the car. There is information in these pictures. They're not just pictures. They are forensics. And what do you need for a conviction? You need hella good forensics. I'm going to go through all of that with you with the OG detective on the case, the guy who first had those photos and put them in the vault. Tonight, they come out of the vault, you get to see them, and you hear why they are so important. Let's start, though, with this exclusive story. Two models, two days apart, one mile apart, downtown Los Angeles. Two beautiful women hideously found dead in their apartments. I don't know why. Their families don't know why. They're not being told what the cause of death was for either of these models. I don't know why. Their families don't know why. They won't say if one of the models was murdered. I don't know why. Families don't know why. They will say that one of the models was murdered. There are so many mysteries behind this, not the least of which is someone responsible for both. Are there similarities in both? And then the gruesome details we have just learned about one of these young women. Melissa Mooney was so brutally battered in her apartment, both of her ankles were broken. Massive injuries to her hands, her legs, her arms, her head. It was so bad, the family has to have a closed casket. This is the murder. This is the one the detectives say is a murder. We still don't know how Nicole Coates died or why they won't call that one a murder. But I want to bring in our Nancy Liu. She is in front of Melissa Mooney's apartment where that murder was discovered. Uh, Nancy, you have some unbelievable reporting from Melissa's sister. You happened upon her at the actual cemetery where she was burying her sister. Walk me uh, into this story and what you've discovered about what the police aren't telling us, but what Melissa's sister is. The police, LAPD, not saying anything. We've reached out to them multiple times. They are not revealing any further information about this case, only saying that it's an active investigation as a homicide. I spoke with Jordan Pauline, who is the sister of Melissa Mooney. She happens to be a South American pop star. She is so distraught. This family is desperate for answers. Jordan happened to be at the cemetery. She was making burial arrangements for her sister. But this is the luxury building where Melissa's body was found. It is also home to a number of LA-based models, one of whom moved out last week fearing for her safety. But Jordan revealed some new details about this case. So 
Take a listen. Here's some of what she had to say. Her losing her life to this caliber is like insane. Like I wouldn't push it on anyone. And I'm just like, I need to get this word out so people could be aware, be more safe, you know, women be more safe, you know, not just trust anybody. You know, we have to have a closed casket. We can't even see her. The people at the mortuary don't even want us to see her because he said it's traumatic. The guy at the mortuary started crying for us because of that, how traumatic it is. And it's like, why would someone do this? You know, like, Why would someone do this to her, you know? And it's just thick, you know, it just really is messed up. And I just need to, we just need to find these people, like, who would do this? Like, what did my sister do to deserve that, you know? So she was beaten? She was not shot or stabbed? Or was she beaten? We, okay, it was, the police don't want to give too much information because whoever did it, is like, whoever knows is the one who, like, did it to a sense, but from what the coroner and mortuary is telling us to her, like she was in a struggle. Both her ankles are broken, you know, her hands, you know, her legs, like, oh. like I don't know if she was hit or like in the head, but it's like it's it's, it's very gruesome details. But it's like she was definitely in a struggle. She was in a. You know, it wasn't something that just, like, quickly happened. She was struggling, you know. You were telling me last night that she was pregnant? Yes. <laughs> Tell me a bit about that. And... Um, I just found out uh, through, well, the family, uh, through guys she was talking to. They said that they were, you know expecting um they were supposed to go to the hospital you know to that previous week the following week up to like she just got back from miami so on the third like i believe she was supposed to have like a doctor's appointment on the ninth or something like in the that circuit um but yeah she and that's one thing my sister like always wanted was a family she, you know she just wanted to be married and have kids and not bother anybody just you know definitely wanted a family so so jordan pauline revealing to me that melissa was two months pregnant though jordan does not believe that the pregnancy has anything to do with the murder but as you've heard melissa's body unidentifiable, so badly beaten that the mortician at that uh, cemetery area cried in telling them that they could not look at the body like they did their best to to put her together, but it has to be a closed casket. And I mean, that just breaks the heart of the family. It's just heartbreaking to hear the family talk about it, Ashley. It's just such but a, a they're beautiful. Just, beautiful yeah, woman. A Nancy, beautiful girl. I, just a quick uh, wrap up here. I did want to ask if there was a robbery motive, if they know anything else about things missing from the apartment. No, there's no sign of forced entry in the apartment. So it truly is a mystery. Was it someone she knew or these apartments, they have keypads. And did someone see her punch the numbers before and memorize it or something and follow her in at some point? So it remains to be seen 
how this person, this killer or persons got into her building. But there are similarities with the other case, Ashley, uh, because in the Nicole, Nikki Coates case, um, there also was no sign of forced entry. And that death has been ruled suspicious, not at this point not as a, murder. a homicide, but Very that strange. case, also a mystery. Nancy Liu, just an incredible reporting. Thank you for that. Um, uh, joining me now live is Melissa Mooney's sister, Jordan Pauline. She is a famous singer who has used her social media to honor her sister and to try to get justice. Jordan, thank you for being on tonight. I, I am so sorry to learn these details. They are so devastating. I can't imagine what it was like for you to learn these details, but I also want to know if you're only just learning these details. Had police never shared this information with you before? No, we had to get it from the mortuary. The police hadn't told us anything. And that, that's got to be you know, so difficult in itself as there is a killer out there, and not just a killer, there is a brutal murderer out there. Um, I listened to your interview with Nancy Liu, and I wanted to make a certain note about the injuries that you learned of with your sister. Uh, two broken ankles, but were there other injuries to her hands, arms, and legs? Did she suffer other uh, broken limbs or cuts or bruises? Can you describe what the injuries were? Uh, head trauma, uh, her whole body <laughs> damaged her entire body from her head to her toes. To the point where the, the, the mortuary said that they had to literally, and I'm quoting, put her back together again? Yes. I am so sorry that you and your family are dealing with this. Have they, have, have the police shared any information about the nature of this killing and what it might say about the killer? Have they asked you for any help in terms of getting them leads to who might have done this? I've given them, I'm doing my own investigation at this point. I'm giving them everything that I know, you know, to the point that they're like, just back off and they're not even like, they're not even answering, you know. Um, they called my mom today, but still again, nothing, nothing. They said they can't let us know anything, so nothing. And no information about a robbery or any other motive that might have led to this? Well, we know that her phone and uh, laptop was stolen. And uh, when we went to go get her belongings from her apartment, we see, noticed that the refrigerator was missing, so that was a part of evidence. Um, and we've noticed that uh, like her clothes from her Miami trip was still there, like her luggage was there, so we took her luggage and stuff. But like her dirty clothes were missing, it was random weird things missing. Uh, but what I realized that was most important, what we need was like her iPhone and laptop. Can I ask you, Jordan, we're showing pictures of uh, your sister. She's just absolutely stunning. I mean, it's obvious why she was a, a model. You're also stunning and beautiful. And I can't help but notice the resemblance between the two of you. You're very famous as a pop singer. Uh, are you concerned at all? Is there any thought with the police that they might have mistaken her for you that because you're famous it might have been a fan um who was a dangerous fan 
I don't know. My sister wouldn't harm a fly. Like, she'll run from a fly before she harms it, you know? I don't know. She just was so sweet. Like, I don't understand, you know? It just doesn't make sense. I don't know who would do this. Jordan, what about the pregnancy? Um, Is there any thought that the pregnancy had anything to do with this, given the fact that it was so new. It, it was maybe even brand new news to uh, the father. Yeah, like this is something like my sister wanted, you know. Um, she told my mom like earlier, like at the end of August that she missed her period and stuff. Like she, um, she's like excited, giddy about it. And like, they like to break the news to me late, you know. Um, so I didn't know anything about it. And then uh, when her friend guy that she's dealing with uh called me he talked to me my mom he told me in her like yeah she was pregnant we were expecting and like we were we were um gonna go to the doctor and you know weigh out our options but I know that she wanted to keep it like he's devastated he's heartbroken but um you know the police they no matter what in a, in an incident like that they will always look first to um a boyfriend or a family member do you know if they questioned the father of the child i don't believe they have questioned him yet either do they know that she was pregnant the police i've given them this information and they know who the person is um in case they do want to them, follow follow I've up given them, i've given them everything that i know Jordan, I'm so incredibly sorry that you have learned this information in this way. I, I can't imagine uh, what it's like to go through this. I'm, my heart goes out to you and your family, as well as the family of Nikki Coates, the other model just a mile away. And I am praying for some resolution for you in this case and that they catch whoever did this, the monster who did this to your sister. God bless you. Thank you so much. Jordan Pauline joining us tonight on the murder of her sister, Melissa Mooney. Um, And if you have any information at all about this case, please call the L.A. Police Department, 213-996-4150, 213-996-4150. Take a picture of your screen, grab a screen grab, and call the L.A. Police if you know anything. Crowdsource solutions. Find killers. Um, We have new details coming up in a moment on that stunning rescue of that little girl, nine-year-old Charlotte Senna, rescued from the backwoods trailer where her kidnapper stashed her. Also, just how close a neighbor's grandchild came to being snatched, possibly by the same suspect. Speaking of him, we know a whole lot more about him and where he's going to be stashed for quite some time to come. All of that next. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Holy Dinah, are we ever finding out a lot about that man they arrested last night live on this uh, show? The governor of New York uh, gave a sweeping news conference about the details of the arrest of, of this man. Craig Ross Jr., 46 years old, they found that missing nine-year-old girl 
in his cabinet, in his camper. That's what you call irrefutable evidence when you end up in court. When you are in the same camper as a missing girl, nine-year-old Charlotte Senna, rescued out of that camper, neighbors saying that there were loud bangs and flashes, and suddenly the SWAT team emerged with little Charlotte wrapped in a blanket coming out of that camper. The camper is located behind his mom's double-wide. So these are all brand new details, okay? More details is that the cabinet was actually more like a cabinet closet in the bedroom of that camper. That's where they found this little girl cowering, still waiting on details as to whether she was tied up or duct tape over her mouth, whether she was allowed to scream or able to scream. So many details we're still waiting on. But we can also tell you this. The neighbors have described Craig Ross Jr., 46 years old, as a recluse, broke, moved into that trailer behind his mom's uh, double wide a month ago after he was unable to make payments on his own home. They say he is 6'4", 275 pounds, which if you are a little nine-year-old girl riding your bicycle, that is one hell of a menacing person. Overpower you like that. They also say that he suffers from MS, multiple sclerosis, doesn't get around very well. He's charged with one count of kidnapping, and one of his neighbors says that in July, her grandson was nearly kidnapped by him. Police showed her a picture of that man, and she said, that's him. That's the man that tried to kidnap my grandson from our front lawn. He also has an 11-year-old daughter and two adult sons. Of the adult sons, one of them told Fox News, I hope he dies in prison. The 11-year-old daughter, who knows? I hope she is safe, and I hope she has been safe growing up with him, if in fact he is the kidnapper. I want to go to Brooke Schaefer. She's our News Nation correspondent who is live outside of the Saratoga County Jail, where that man is locked up tonight. You had a chance to talk to that neighbor. I think her name is Carol Brownbrook. Yeah, yeah. She lives on the street uh, just a couple houses down from the home where they found that nine-year-old girl. Uh, She said that she had seen this now accused kidnapper around before. She said she had a somewhat uncomfortable interaction with him. She didn't really want to talk about it too much, uh, but here's what she said. Take a listen. Yeah, I had one interaction, and it was very uncomfortable, and uh, I don't want to talk about it. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that anyone that I've ever seen, or I just can't fathom an individual being capable of such a hideous thing. Again, that neighbor not really wanting to go into details about what made that interaction so uncomfortable, as she described it, but really people who live on that street just in shock to learn the news that this little girl was kidnapped and was hiding in a trailer just steps away from their own homes. Ashley? What about um, the family, you know, I I recall last night Governor Kathy Hochul being very tight-lipped about the family, saying they will share if they want to. That gave me a chill up my spine, given the fact that who knows why a grown man kidnaps a nine-year-old girl and holds her. Uh, But we all have our suspicions. What's the family saying? The family is staying pretty quiet for now. They are focusing their attention 
on Charlotte, rightfully so, and I think understandably so. But they did release a statement. They're not doing any on-camera interviews. Uh, But in their statement, they said, quote, we are thrilled that she is home and we understand that this is the outcome or this outcome rather is not what every family gets. A huge thank you to the FBI, the New York State Police, all of the agencies that were mobilized, all of the families, friends and volunteers. Again, as of yesterday afternoon, there were 400 people on the ground searching for this little girl. Uh, Late yesterday, we got the overwhelmingly good news that she was found alive. At last check, we heard that nine-year-old Charlotte was taken over to the hospital for medical evaluation, and that's where she was finally reunited with her mom and dad. Brooke, real quickly, about 20 seconds left. Uh, Craig Ross Jr., presumably in the building behind you, Inmates do not like people who do things to children. I don't know what he did or if he did anything to to this child. I don't know if he's guilty or not. That will be for a jury to determine. But do we know anything about the way they have him incarcerated and where in that building? Right. So we know that he is in the Saratoga County Jail, the building right behind me. Uh, My team was talking with New York State Troopers uh, earlier today, and one of the officers told us that they believe he is in isolation in the building behind me, so not in general population, at least for now. Uh, He was arraigned this morning. He's being held here without bond. Yep, that's exactly what I expected uh, you were going to say, because that's usually what happens. Brooke Schaefer, thank you. Great reporting for us. Really appreciate you getting that interview as well with the neighbor. I want to bring in Deputy U.S. Marshal Albert Maresca Jr. He specializes in investigating missing children. Um, Okay, Albert, uh, there's something else that one of the officials who was involved in this case told our Chris Cuomo. Very, very disturbing detail. Uh, This little girl was found in different clothing. Uh, She disappeared in one outfit, and she was found wearing something else, uh, described as a sweatshirt and other clothing. Yet again, I got a chill up my spine, but you're the expert in this. What does it say to you? Well, I think it's important to remember that we need to respect the privacy of the victim in this case. We can speculate, but ultimately the investigator is going to look into those details and determine what the specific outcome was and hopefully hold that offender accountable if there was any nefarious activity besides the kidnapping. Um, I think it's it's just incredible work by the FBI and the state police in this case. And this just shows the absolute power of public safety partnership. And I respect that. This is such a delicate line to dance on. Uh, there is a child. Families do not want the public to know if these kinds of things happen, but the public needs to charge a man if these things happen. And that is a public process. We have been told it is likely there will be more charges. There was one other detail that the investigator told us, and that was that um, this man actually spoke. Craig Ross Jr. actually spoke, quote, for a limited time before he asked for his lawyer. I suppose for an investigator like you, that is mana from heaven. If they say anything, um, I get it when they invoke their right to attorney, and then that's it. That's it, right? You're miranda and then that's it. But that little moment that they got, that limited time, Tell me what that says for you. So anytime there's any form of spontaneous utterance, that's all facts and information that's going to hold that individual accountable in the court of law. It's extraordinarily important to build a criminal case and lay a foundation of figuring out the facts as they present themselves and making sure that you can articulate those facts in the report. This way you can file the appropriate criminal charges if they're they're deemed appropriate. It shocks me that he has a daughter who's just two years older than Charlotte, an 11-year-old daughter, Charlotte's nine. If he actually did this, 
it would be even more despicable um, than what we already consider the most despicable kind of crime. I do want to ask you, though, about the investigation. And I have to be careful here because I have every respect uh, for police and what they do. And they found this little girl um, 11 minutes to the hour, you know, 48. And thank God for that, because once you go past the first 48, it becomes so much more difficult. But there are 14 hours that happened after the man showed up at the mailbox. The house is being heavily guarded, according to the New York governor, right? State police are guarding that house where she's from. And a shadowy car shows up at the mailbox at 4.20 a.m., throws something in the mailbox, and no one stops and arrests him, or at least detains him to see why he's there and what did he put in the mailbox. Because they would have had her probably within an hour or two. Instead, they had to spend 14 hours tracking who the fingerprints belonged to, and they caught him. And I'm just, I shudder to think what happened in those 14 hours. Your thoughts about that moment at the mailbox where the car got away. So it's very easy to look at a situation and and assume that a vehicle got away, but you don't know the conflicting priorities that took place in the mind of the investigators. Um, We understand that they did recover the child and they did so successfully. And so obviously law enforcement's not going to comment if they were using that information to track the individual back to the specific location of the child. Um, Sometimes it's better to wait and see, observe, and make sure that you can build your case before you make a move. U.S. Marshal Albert Maresca Jr., thank you so much um, for being on with us and your the work that you do. Can't thank you enough for that. And thanks for the analysis on this case, too. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Coming up, never before seen pictures and video from an infamous murder that broke wide open just last week after 27 years. The shooting death of Tupac Shakur um, following a Mike Tyson prize fight and a hotel lobby melee in Vegas. You may think that you have seen that shocking event from every angle, but you are about to see it like never before. Somebody who worked this case from the very beginning joins me live next. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. So I've got some breaking news I want to bring your way. We're still trying to track down um, a lot of this, but apparently there is an active shooter potentially on or near the campus of Morgan State University in Baltimore. I don't have a lot of information, but we are getting some reports there may have been four to six people shot. We're also getting reports there may be one or two shooters Obviously, this is uh, the fog of the situation. The university thinks that there may be shots coming from a window of a dorm. But again, the other report is that it's on or near campus. Um, I haven't even got the alert yet, but you can bet your bottom dollar if the university is already aware of this. There are alerts going out throughout all of campus. One second, thank you. Um, There will be alerts all over campus to shelter in place. Ah, here we are, statement. Please note, active investigation currently underway. Shots being fired on or near campus. Please stay clear of the area surrounding Thurgood Marshall Hall 
and the Murphy Fine Arts Center and shelter in place. That's exactly what happens. I, I got this to a T now because there are so many shootings. That's what's happening. Again, this is at Morgan State University in Baltimore. Uh, no independent confirmation of how many shot, but again, the reports, four to six people shot, maybe two shooters. A statement from the police. Um, Baltimore Police Department on the scene of an active shooter. Uh, situation is, the address is 1700 block of Argonne Drive. Asking everyone to shelter in place, avoid the area. Just looking for any other updates here. Yeah, the police, multiple people shot. This is from uh, Baltimore Police. Uh, multiple people shot. They are on the scene amid, quote, active shooter situation on the campus. Shelter in place, avoid area. The platform uh, known as Twitter, they're putting it out uh, on X. Police spokesman Vernon Davis told the newspaper, The Baltimore Banner, that at least four people shot. Conditions not immediately known. I am so sorry to bring that news, especially if you know people at that university um, and in Baltimore. And if you are watching and you are there, it means shelter in place. Keep your lights off. We have been through this rodeo too many times. Lights off. Stay away from the windows. If you're watching us, barricade your door. If you're in a dorm, if you're in a home, and there is someone out there like this, they're looking for any possible way to get away or get a hostage to help them get away. So don't be that person. I'm going to watch this for you and just get any updates as soon as I can get the updates. Meantime, I do want to tell you a little bit about... um, these new pictures that came out of the shooting scene where Tupac Shakur was murdered 27 years ago. I don't know why we haven't seen these, but they've been in a vault ever since September 7th, 1996, the night that he and Suge Knight were in that BMW and were fired upon by the white Cadillac next to them on the strip. Suddenly we are seeing pictures we've never seen before. The BMW riddled in bullets, blood on the interior. I want to bring in Greg Kading. He is a retired LAPD detective. He worked on this case, he's one of the OGs. Greg, look, it's it's all fine and dandy to say, wow, these are new pictures we've never seen before. It's another thing when the picture shows something that the naked eye or the casual observer doesn't understand because the grand jury indicted Dwayne Keefe D. Davis and they saw these pictures. Is there something in these pictures that's going to be incredible evidence for a jury? Well, absolutely. So the prosecutor within the grand jury um, room would be showing these pictures as visual aids as he's telling the story of what he believed or what he presents to have happened in the murder of Tupac Shakur. So you can see, you know, exactly on the passenger side of the BMW, indicating that the assailants came from the right side of the car. You can see the bullet pattern is spread out, indicating that it's that it's a haphazard um, drive-by shooting, very indicative of what we see in gang drive-by shootings. So there's a lot of information contained in these photographs, which have been in the police files, that you use to walk the jury through what happened that night. Great. Can I ask you... Um, I get it when police hold details close to the vest that only the killer would know, and that's why you never find out sometimes until trial about certain evidence. Why was this in the vault until today? Like, why are we only seeing this for the first time? Well, investigators want to protect the integrity of their investigation. Sometimes there's, you know, information that if you disclose to the public, it it will undermine what you're trying to accomplish. Let's say somebody comes forward and they start talking about a shooting and they say, all the bullets. I was there. I saw it. And all of the bullets were right next to each other. Well, you know that that's not good information because clearly we can see from this evidence that that's not the case. So you don't want to put things out into the public 
that can make your job more complicated. Yeah, poisoning the witness pool. I always say we've seen that happen. Witnesses saying, uh, I saw it when in fact, they saw it on TV. Uh, Greg Kading, I have to leave it there. I know we were going to do a longer interview, but we've got some breaking news. No I'm definitely going to have you back. Uh, Greg, again, one of the OG investigators on the Tupac case. We're going to follow it. Meantime, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, more on that situation that's um, evolving at the university, uh, Morgan State University in Baltimore, active shooter, uh, people on campus and probably around campus being asked to shelter in place yet again. There may be one or two shooters on the loose and there may be as many as four people shot. I'm going to gather a lot of information during the break. Make sure you come back just a couple minutes from now. Back after this. Still working this breaking news of an active shooter in Baltimore tonight. If you have a loved one or a friend at the Morgan State University campus, it looks like there is an active shooter, maybe two. That's the weird part. There may be as many as two shooters right now. And I am so sorry to confirm uh, from the police that four people have been shot. We don't know if they have survived the shooting, if they're injured, if they've been transported to hospital. All we know is that police are now confirming, uh, not just to the Baltimore Banner, but to us and as well, that four people have been shot. Um, there are more details coming in. Our Caitlin Becker uh, joining us, senior reporter at DailyMail.com. You've been finding out a lot of details of when this started and how. What'd you, what'd you learn? Yeah, we're really kind of doing this in real time the same way that you are, but it According to reports, we're finding out that the first 911 call came in about 9.28 p.m. and was reporting that there was a shooting happening in one of the dining halls. We also have reports that there is a shooter or was a shooter shooting out of a seventh floor in a building from a dorm room. Uh, Well, maybe that's why they think there might be two shooters. Yeah, because I don't know the timing. Right. If there were two reports... Who knows if there was a time for the, the whoever sh- fired the f- first shots to get to the second location or if that's a second. And at this point, I'm unaware and we're not aware yet of where the dorm is in relation to the dining hall. Another thing okay. that we are looking into as well is, and I'm sorry as I'm sure, going through sure, here, yeah. we're sort of reporting this, like I said, in real time, that police are currently reportedly looking for a white BMW that is a vehicle of interest. Okay. So it's something in the area they're looking for. White BMW, we don't know why. We don't no, know we don't somebody, know why yet. Okay, no, we didn't know if people... People, you know, masked people got into it and took off or if it was screaming through the neighborhood. Um, Real quickly, do you know anything about the people, the the four people shot? Has there been any further information on those people? As of now, we do not know their condition, but I will say that the statement that you read earlier about avoiding Thurgood Marshall Hall, I do know that it's a co-ed dorm hall with a dining facility. So these could have been in the same building. So we're sort of kind of piecing this together as to where they're happening. But that building has dorms as well as a dining facility. As well as the dining hall. So I think we're maybe zeroing in on why all the reports are coming from there. Stand by for one second. Check uh, further into those uh, sources that you're Mm -hmm. talking to. I want to bring in Jim Maxwell, if I can. Jim is a retired FBI agent. He trains people in active shooter situations. Jim, I'm going to leave this shot up. Obviously, you can see the police activity on the university campus. Uh, This is live video at this moment. But I wanted to get your take on what you've heard so far. You heard Caitlin talking about the possibility could be one, could be two shooters because they've got reports coming from the dining hall, shots from the dining hall, and shots from the seventh floor building of a dorm. What um, What are you thinking when you hear those reports? Well, the, the first thing that comes to mind, Ashley, is uh, in, in an academic situation, uh, uh, lockdown is the priority in, uh, in an active shooter situation. So uh, the, the students or, or uh, staff 
that are, are trapped or in this situation should uh, remain in place, lock their doors, and wait for the all clear signal. And now, a, a, a university of this size, I'm sure they have a, a protocol set in place uh, to uh, address this problem. And uh, that that would be the advice I would, uh, so I would Jim, give at this moment. I so, did want to ask you about lockdown because we've been through this a few times with certain with college campuses sure. yeah. um it's not yeah. just shelter in place they often give a lot more detail like put a mattress up against your window turn off your lights don't be near the window like they're getting a lot more specific when there's an active shooter about what kids and staff and um employees you know are, are supposed to do in these circumstances Right. Uh, you know, uh, it, it depends how close you are to the uh, situation. But, yeah, if you can barricade yourself and uh, uh, make yourself inaccessible to the intruder, uh, either by locking the doors, shutting off lights, shutting off your phone, uh, making sure that uh, you can't be seen or heard, uh, they, these are, these are uh, priorities in these uh, particular situations. Uh, yeah, but, and if you know, uh, I always I, say, I to, you know, do, do, shut the sh- shut the curtains or the or the blinds. I mean, at least I was a war right. correspondent. We used to tape the windows in case there was a bomb because the shrapnel would come through and the glass would hurt. Um, right. Well, hold one second. Caitlin Becker has more information. What did you find out? Just a brief little thing that the entire city of Baltimore appears to be under a tactical alert at this point. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that they're searching for this car or if perhaps the, sh- the shooter is maybe on the move. But it seems like it's now impacting beyond this campus and the city The of whole city is under yep. tactical alert? Wow, that is something. And that makes sense. Uh, white BMW, Caitlin Becker reporting. They're on the lookout for a white BMW, and that has affected the entire city of Baltimore, understandably, with four people confirmed shot by the Baltimore PD. I'm going to fit in a really quick break. We're going to work some sources and be right back after the break. Come right back. We're going to update this in just a moment. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.